Welcome back to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Thursday morning. I had to do a double take because Sadia Asmani is sitting in the studio with us. And I thought, is it a Monday? No. Monday. <laughs> exactly, that's right. Well, a great, uh, a, a, a nice welcome to, to this day as well because it's nice to have you on the show. Um, so what have you got for our listeners today for oh, Chinwag? Interesting one, actually, which, um, you know, it may be that we all have a little bit of this in us. But the subject of hoarding. Oh, yes, because, I mean, you know, when I say it like that, it sounds quite, you know, I suppose before I read this article and stuff, I thought, oh, yeah, this is just something people do. And, you know, people get a bit crazy about it and all this. But actually, and maybe I do a little bit of it. But actually, you know, this whole subject of hoarding is actually quite serious. It is. Yes. And, um, you know, hoarding disorder is a mental health condition. And, and obviously it's characterized by like persistent difficulty discarding or parting with possessions regardless of their actual value. So fair enough if it's something very expensive that you think, no, 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 I'm going to keep this or whatever. Um, and what uh, attracted me to this story was I just saw a headline somewhere and it was in the UK supposedly that somebody made a 999 call and it was a panicked resident who reported a fire in their home and a team of firefighters was dispatched um, um, immediately, but they couldn't access the property. And supposedly the doorways and corridors were blocked by heaps of possessions, like books and newspapers and all sorts of things. <laughs> and the and the person who actually made the call died oh, because no. the fire brigade could not get into this house. Oh, um, so, so, and supposedly... And this is these stats for the UK that last year the London Fire Brigade attended 1,036 hoarding related fires, which led to 186 injuries and 10 deaths. And it isn't, um, I just, it, it was really quite shocking. I was thinking that, I, and I know, I know a couple of people, I know one particular person who's actually now passed away, but um, she used to have, she was quite an older lady, and she, her whole house was just covered in piles and piles of things. And, and sometimes she kind of knew like she had she had an illness and and um she kind of knew where things were other times it was almost like oh yes i'll find that over here but i'm sure so many things were misplaced during that time she couldn't keep track and i'm sure that when they did clear out the place they must have found lots of money lots of possession lots of things that and important documents and all sorts but um, I just, uh, when I read this article, it was quite a long article and it was just talking about this whole thing. And, you know, the whole kind of risks associated with hoarding disorder can include things like, obviously, we, as we've just touched upon, the risk of falls and fires and other accidents due to the clutter and blocked exits, increased risk of respiratory problems and other health issues due to the poor sanitation and hygiene. Because sometimes these uh, hoarders also, and I think there's lots of programs on TV, you know, they kind of... Hoarders yeah, is one. They yeah. focus on this and stuff yeah. where, you know, you'll see that their kitchen and their toilet and all these places and then they've got an infestation of mites and God knows what else, right? <laughs> yeah. Social isolation, impaired relationships with family and friends. People don't want to know you. People don't want to come. There's no space, even if you were to get people to come, to actually, um, you know, welcome people into your home. The legal and financial problems due to like eviction and fines and other consequences of hoarding 
you know. Um, uh, and so there's lots of kind of t- sort of help available for individuals. Um, for instance, there's sort of therapy, there's medication, there's support from family, friends. And there are professional organizations who actually focus on this particular area and support groups, things like that. Um, I was looking to see, you know, is this a common Didn't thing? Didn't you do a program about hoarding or no? Uh, d- did I? Maybe not hoarding, yeah. maybe um, decluttering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So decluttering, it. I suppose, is much yeah. more of a spring cleaning thing. But where decluttering, I don't, I don't think <coughs> somebody who's a hoarder who has that sort of, um, you know, condition would kindly declutter, would not mm. declutter easily yeah. because they would, it would affect their mental health it in would terms. It would be hard for yeah. them to do that. Um, and then they said that, you know, when I was looking at this, just to check whether what the kind of stats are for the world and stuff, hoarding is a phenomenon that's been observed across the world and it's not limited to any specific culture or geographic region. And research actually suggests that the hoarding disorder is similar across different countries, which estimates ranging from, with estimates ranging from two percent to six percent of the general population. Now oh. that that makes hoarding one of the most prevalent mental health conditions, and supposedly the World Health Organization estimates that around five percent of adults globally have depression. Yeah. So that's 5%, but this is looking at 2% to 6%, which is incredibly high, really. Yeah, I find I'm a bit of a hoarder as well, Sadia. I, I have difficulty parting so with do certain I, things. To tell you the yeah. truth. <laughs> it's, it's also psychological as well. It, it goes, it, it sort of, I've read somewhere that perhaps um, some sort of insecurity uh, with something, so maybe. Um, you know, if you if you're insecure about one area of your life, you want to hold on to mm. things, mm. material, you know, materialistic things. Mm. So maybe I, I don't know. Well, I think we all. It's a characteristic of certain personalities, I think, mm. and I think I have it too, to a certain extent. That I will like. Uh, you know, if you just think about, say, the clothes you have, oh, right? Yeah. Now, I can open my cupboard and I can look and I can see things which I have not worn, worn for ages. For like two years. Right? But yeah. I, won't, I won't just move it. Same. And I just will keep going past it, but I won't move it. It's same like certain shoes or certain things which are just lying around, but you just feel like the moment I know, and it does happen, maybe it's psychological. What happens is that once you actually remove that thing, then your mind plays tricks and you think, oh, I need that thing. And now I got rid of it. I shouldn't exactly. have got rid of it. I shouldn't have it. got rid of it. It's so typical, isn't it's it? It's sort of like packing, overpacking. Yeah. Oh, what if just in case I need it? Yeah. yeah. I remember doing a big move from, uh, you know, Scotland to London and stuff. And I had loads of things in the house, which seriously, if I had just got rid of at that time, I wouldn't have needed such a massive big removal van, right? Um, but... It just ended up that I just thought, no, you know, I might need this. And there was some old rubbish stuff. And I thought, no, 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 I'll take this. I'll get rid of it later type thing. And it was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. So I think, you know, we may be... Do you still have those things? Yeah. Oh. And, and, you know, I think what happens in Hong Kong is because you don't have enough, like, you know, majority of us, lots of us do not have space. much space, yeah. right? So we have to try and go through things and get rid of them. But in, like, I have a, a loft uh, in London, you know, and 
And so I have got some space to I have keep, some space which like an uh, it'll be suitcase, suitcases yeah. full of clothes, full of my kids' clothes, full of my Aww. clothes, full of other things, which I just think, okay, yeah, no, 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 this could come in handy sometime. Oh, no, 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 I'll keep it. But I have to at some point let go and just get rid of it. My, yeah. I, I know one of my sister-in-laws is very good at this. And she came over to the house and she just said, right, get rid of this, put this in the box, get rid of it. Wow. And she was just ruthless. Yeah. And and that is what you need. You, you need to hold it in your hand and say, "Does it spark joy?" You know, yeah. will I really? Yeah. yeah, but you, I'd have to hold an awful lot of things in my hand to yeah. <laughs> to get through that. Um, looking at looking at some of the kind of research it says the researchers agree that hoarding often begins or worsens as a reaction to bereavement or trauma. And you were just saying this about like insecurity, but this is not the case for everyone. Some might have learned behaviors or a genetic predisposition. One study found that 50% of hoarders have a close relative who hoards. There is also an overlap with other mental health conditions. Around 50% of hoarders also have severe depression, while around 20% also have OCD. For older people, dementia can cause or worsen the behavior. Oh, wow. So, you know, I suppose dementia where you forget and then you think, okay, keep this. Yeah. And and I suppose family members would be um, inclined to kind of not throw anything away in case that is something that obviously with dementia, it's like your memory goes and you need those familiar things around you. Mm. Um, And it says that, you know, some uh, some kind of hoarding behavior may be more visible in some cultures compared to others. And it says the underlying sort of psychological factors that contribute to hoarding disorder are thought to be similar across cultures. For instance, in US and Australia and many European countries, as in like uh, as Britain as well, authorities tend to intervene only when a hoarder is in crisis. So where they really are, say, getting ill or whatever. But I think there's a kind of people, it's this whole privacy thing that comes in that Mm. this is my space, I'll do what I want. But I suppose when it becomes a potential hazard to your health or your well-being, then that's when... You know, yeah, because too much clutter can also make you feel claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and I think you know I've only seen one or two. I find it quite frustrating to watch some of those programs on TV about it. But when I have seen those programs, it has always come across that when they've kind of decluttered this place, the person comes in and says, "Wow, that's amazing! It looks so nice. Mm. I'm so happy." And but we don't. They never really go back to see. How long does it take before they come back to that kind yeah. of? Because it's not something that can probably Be easily, solved. yeah, easily <coughs> go away. Um, also, some one factor that may influence hoarding behaviour is the level of economic development in a country. Mm-hmm. So, some researchers suggest that hoarding behaviours. Um, come, uh, you know, more in countries with lower levels of economic development where resources are scarce and possessions may be seen as more valuable and necessary for survival. That, you know, you keep this and you think, on a rainy day, if I need it, I can go and sell these books or I can go and sell this or I can sell these newspapers, Mm. how, whatever, you know. Um, And then cultural factors such as beliefs about possessions, And waste may also influence hoarding behavior because, again, um, I can think that quite a few people now with plastic and with paper and you don't want to chuck it in the bin. You just think, okay, I'll accumulate. I know that when I was um, doing my quarantine for 21 days, God, those were the days, right? Um, 
I remember you've you know, done it a few times too. Yeah, yeah fourteen days. Yes, as well. absolutely. Oh, sorry, I remember. Oh. It was horrific, and and I remember during that time because it was my husband and myself. Um, we were just we felt so bad about the plastic that was mm. being used for all the meals, and we couldn't do anything. So we were accumulating all this plastic. In the, room in the room at the same at the right at yeah. the same time because we just felt like we don't want to chuck it away even things like chopsticks or you know sachets of salt and pepper because everything they give you if you just put it they'll go in the bin and I still think I, I think at home I have a big bag full of the sachets of salt and pepper and chopsticks and things which I just didn't want to throw away because I felt it's a complete yeah. waste, you know? I have a bag of those. Yeah. Uh, why do I have a Yeah, just of plastic single-use things because maybe we ordered pizza or something yeah. and it came with it. But there's an opt-out. No, I think it's opt-in. I forget. Yeah, but, yeah. You can say if you yeah. don't want cutlery and things. Yeah. I mean, sometimes... But I think it was still given for some strange yeah. reason. Or and they I do. I think it's just habit. Sometimes people just yeah. stick it in. But also in supermarkets, when you buy something <coughs> and you think, I'm going to have this tonight, um, and you think, I don't need the chopsticks. I don't need this stuff. But they tend to sort of... It's a habit that people give Put it in, to you. Yeah. So, so I think those things are sort of hoarded up. But I also, you know, in some cultures... Possessions may be seen as a symbol of status or wealth, which could lead to a greater attachment to possessions and this kind of reluctance to, to kind of get rid of them. I think there's a lesson in it in that we really need to try and go through, because, you know, some of those things that are sitting in your house, whether it be your clothes or your shoes or books or that you're never going to touch. I mean, books, fair enough. You have a library or whatever, but they may be a benefit to somebody else. Mm. They may change somebody else's life. And and there are places in Hong Kong, certainly I think it's the um, the uh, Salvation Army family store or something, where you can go and you can deposit some of these things. And yeah. there are places Refugee that you can. Union, yeah. Christian Action. I think there are lots that, of different Think of it NGOs. as in the benefit Absolutely. that if you could get rid of it, yeah. um, then do that. At least go through some of that stuff. But I mean... But then, you know, again, it's if it's some if it's a mental condition that you have, there are support groups available for people to be able to go and talk about it and get some help. And because, you know, the last thing you would want to do is rather, you know, become ill or be put yourself at risk, you know, because of these situations where like fire and and you know and we are talking not only putting your own self at risk but you know in the environment that we live in hong kong with large skyscrapers and and you know houses that are, are quite small with less people with more people then you are putting other people at risk at the same mm. time so it's quite uh i mean you know it seemed like a kind of light-hearted subject when I was when I initially went to it but then yeah. you realize that actually a very deep sort of, lives yeah. are being lost because of it and stuff yeah. um, I do remember that this particular woman that I was telling you about was a very close friend of the family in the UK and um, I remember she said uh, she had this uh, lovely you know little necklace and and she had said to me that look you know when I when I die, um, I'd like to pass this to you, right? And then what happened is that, you know, I got uh, a thing from her solicitor to say that, oh, there is something that 
is for you. And um, and I was thinking, oh, it must be that beautiful necklace that she said. And then when I got it, it was some artificial chain or something. So I, I think that, you know, when people, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just saying that when people do go and do clearances of homes and things, um, there must be, you know, uh, not all the time, but there must be a lot of pilfering and there must be a lot of <coughs> things going on because so many mm. things are discovered in between all of these things that are sitting there deposited for years and years and years mm. and you lose track. You know, even yourself, you may lose track of, okay, did I have this necklace? Did I have this earring? Where it, oh, oh, I haven't seen this one for a long time. And if it disappears, you don't think about it. So I think that's something to keep in mind that, like, you know, you would rather deal with those things now than have somebody else deal with them and then, you know, abuse that sort of trust that you've given somebody. Yeah. Did you ever find out what happened to her necklace? No. And I asked him, I went back and I said, look, I, I know specifically that there was this particular, and it just seemed, and they said, well, we couldn't find anything like that. But we did see that in her will, she said that there was a necklace and, but there wasn't a picture of it. There wasn't, we just thought, okay. And then they just handed some random kind of chain to me, which, and, and the necklace, I remember, I think she bought it with my mother. So, so it was something that was of value to her, and yeah. and she felt she wanted to pass it on. So, I mean, you know, it wasn't so much the loss of that; it was more that it was the disrespect of somebody's wish. If you know, when they die, when they leave a will or something, that you really want to be able to do what that person had had wanted for their for your own peace, to know that they did everything. That they, according to their wishes, the, mm. what that was done. So you know, in amidst all of this hoarding and stuff, that is something to not that you know anyone's going to die from, but who knows? I mean, like you know, if your health is affected and things like yeah. that, you don't want to kind of you want to really have these things in your in your control and be comfortable with it. Yeah, wow, Sadia, thank you so much for your sharing today. I think when I think when I get home, I'll do some decluttering. Yeah, I think I yeah, need to too. Exactly. Let's not hold on to those clothes that. You I'll give you mine. You give yeah, me yours, right? exactly. <laughs> and that way, if you suddenly yeah. have a need for it, you can say, Sadia, can you give me that exactly. one Exactly. <laughs> We've traded. Oh, well, thank you so much, Sadia. Food for thought indeed. And I look forward to more chinwags with you next week. Thank, thank you, you so much. <laughs>